Welcome to Mid-South Viewpoint. Hi, I'm Byron Tyler. Today, Colonel James Kirkwood, head of the Memphis Christian Pastors Network, is in the studio. James, this is our first time to get together in 2022. 2022. Happy New Year. I think you said Christmas was well at the Kirkwood home? Oh, yes. It was absolutely beautiful, man. It was awesome. James, in addition to being the executive director of the Memphis Christian Pastors Network, you're also pastor of the Ambassador for Christ Fellowship Church. Did you have any special activities for the holidays? We gave away turkeys. We uh, picked out a family to give Christmas toys, yeah. children. I'm just a guy. My wife, she loves to give toys. So we picked out several families and we just gave, made sure that Christmas was good, that they woke up and saw toys under oh, their I tree. Love that. You didn't drop those turkeys from a helicopter, did you? No, sir. Do, no, sir. Do you we, remember that TV show, WKRP, the, and they had that promotion <clears throat> yes. for turkeys and they forgot that the turkeys were frozen, I think, and they dropped them? Yes, and they dropped them. <laughs> yes. Yes. No, we lifted the turkeys. Man, listen, we were so blessed with a connection in Dallas, Texas, through Pastor Walker here, pastor out of Douglas. And we drove to Dallas, Texas, and picked up all these turkeys. It was just a blessing, paid very, very little for them, brought them back, and just distributed them into our communities. And it was just a blessing. Oh, I'd love to hear that story, James. Something else was monumental this week that you participated in, the Race for, race Recon- for reconciliation. reconciliation. That's been talked about. Many churches came out on Monday in honor of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday, the yes. celebration, remembering him. So tell me about that participation. It was absolutely awesome. Listen, Byron, and I looked for you. I was like, I know Byron's going to be here, but Byron wasn't, you all. He was here <laughs> working. So he, Well, we've had some people out with quarantining from COVID. Yes. You know, it's changed our schedule, so I was kind of the one man in the shop to keep things going here. Listen, God gave us great weather, and the sun was absolutely beautiful. Here's what I loved about the race. It really brought people, black, white, Hispanic, uh, multi-generational, baby boomers, baby boomers one, baby boomers two. (laughs) It was uh, the people before the baby boomers. It was Generation X. It was millennials, Generation Zs. All of us were there and racing and running. We had a great time. Man, listen, I'm coming across the finish line and there was a Lebanese brother who came to Memphis to run from Virginia. And he was here running in this race. It meant a lot to him. And so that was powerful. I'm walking, all right? He said, no, you got to come on, run, run, run. And so, you know, another brother, both of them, you know, cheered me on as I come across. It was just absolutely awesome. Uh, the atmosphere was uh, united. It was unity. And it was just powerful. And it, I, one person said, now this is heaven. This is what heaven would look yeah, like. This yeah, is what heaven looks yeah, like. Yeah. And, uh, it, it, you know, and I could see all of us coming in. You know, when they said that, I just saw all of us coming in, uh, crossing the, uh, uh, the, the pearly gates or whatever gate, crossing those gates and our family members, wow. our, our, those who've gone on before us are standing there yeah, cheering yeah, us yes, on as we yes. come through. It was just beautiful, man. James, that, what a beautiful picture, as you say, of the body of Christ coming together. <coughs> and we, we need times like that. And we really want to focus some of our conversation today on the issue of crime. We're seeing a lot of high crime reports in the city. Police are being overworked. For 32 plus years, you were colonel on the Memphis Police Department. You've served well our community. You understand what it's like to be on the streets. 
You understand what the crime situation is like. The nationwide study of violent crime and property crime rates found that Memphis is the second most dangerous big city in the country. In Memphis, your risk of being a victim of violent crime in the last year was 1 in 90. Your risk of being a victim of property crime is 1 in 25. This has got to change. It does have to change, all right? I'm this guy who truly believes that when we see those bad numbers, uh, I'm a guy who says, listen, don't focus on the negative, all right? Let's focus on the good. Let's focus on what we can do. Crime is an alarm that tells us some things need to be addressed, all right? We need to deal with some things. We need to make sure. We need to take a look at it. But we also need to make sure we understand this here. When you get these real negative lines, and that is the majority of the people in Memphis, the greater majority of the people in Memphis are law-abiding citizens doing good work, all right, making sure that things go well. Now, that's the majority, the great majority of uh, the people in this city. I remember training a, a rookie, and he thought the area we was patrolling was the worst in the city. And I was like, wait a minute. And I asked him a question. What streets do we answer the calls? And he was like, this street, this street, this street. I said, now, the majority of our calls have come from these three streets. Now, let's take a drive throughout our whole ward. And when we start going through the ward, he starts seeing all this beautiful community, all these beautiful people, all these peaceful neighborhoods, neighbors working together. And he was like, wow. And I told him, don't get caught up in the negative all right and so oftentimes we as the people of god we'll get caught up in the negative and we become as cynical as uh the enemy who's keep telling us it's so horrible that we don't see what god is really doing in the midst of this here all right it's a lot of healing took place last year it's a lot of collaborations and, and and relationships came closer last year uh in the midst of everything that was going on i was sitting there and i was just blessed to see so many organizations coming forward uh christian organizations people of god in different seats coming together to figure out how can they deal handle heal bring solutions to the problems that were take, that was taking place within yes. our city and that was powerful to me and so you know i'm this guy baron who when they hit memphis is the worst city in america i'm like yeah but memphis is a great city yes all right and memphis is doing some great things and if you pay close attention to memphis memphis is going to show you how to overcome a crime problem well you mentioned james there's an underlying issue when you hear about the crime that means it's pointing to something really deeper yes and i think a lot of it is hurting people and many people that are distanced from god they don't have peace in their hearts and they're searching for answers answers. and they're they're trying to survive in life yes listen the fatherless who didn't have directions okay didn't have mentors like i had uh you have uh opportunities you know for for me these are opportunities for the church to be the light and the salt that god said we were these things come about so that the glory of the lord can be revealed you know to the hearts of men that's what jesus asked you know when they asked jesus who's sin why is this boy blind and why is this such a bad situation and why is this so oftentimes we will say hey it is sin but sometimes things are really taking place so that god can be revealed in the hearts of people. And we as the people of God should take advantage. We should see it like this. All right. We should see it just like this. God, you want to be revealed in that situation. All right. How do I work with you? 
How do I come along your side, Father, so that you can be revealed in that young man's life, in that young man's family, so that the glory of God can be shined in that community, uh, and so 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 people can see it, you know, and know that. Oh, now I see why you all serve this risen Savior. That's great. That's the way we should look at it through that lens as Christ followers, instead of trying to avoid but engage the, engage, oppor- yes. the opportunities. What changes, James, have you seen in the way the city officials and police are responding to the current crime issue compared to maybe when you left MPD? I think today you see the conversations. Now the mayor, the mayor is working on a uh, GV, GVI, uh, gun violence interruption program. Uh, that's going to be awesome. He's partnering, you know, 901 Block Squad uh, now is being recognized as someone who can really assist us in helping because these are 901 Block Squad is men who are ex-felons, men who was dealing with gangs, men who have been in prison, but came out and have restarted their lives, doing a good work on the ground, going to speak, to talk to uh, the young men who are caught up in this maze. All right. That's awesome to see city government come down and talk to a Devin Lane and ask Devin Lane, come and let me partner with you. How do we fix this? All right. How do we, how, what can you lend? So us and, looking. And for, for those who don't know Delvin Lane, and he's been on the program, former gang member, one of his best friends died <clears throat> in his arms. Yes. Jesus got a hold of this young man, yes. and he's invested through Streets Ministries, yes. and he's got incredible insight on how to build these relationships. Yes, he does. And so now we're utilizing him to his full potential. Yeah. All right. I see uh, people being brought to the table for the discussions because now we realize crime is bigger than police. It's bigger than police. And so oftentimes we tend to think that it's just police can handle that. Police can solve that. Well, no. Crime is all of our problem, all right? And so I see today a better push, a more intentional push toward community policing, whereas uh, police are asking the community to come in and let's partner on solving these situations, these problems that we are, our community is facing. And so that's powerful. You see the chamber. Because crime, a lot of times, is an economical uh, problem. That's what's really the driving force. They're trying to get money, all right? And so you see see the chamber now is sitting down with pastors. Pastors are sitting at the table. Uh, Nonprofit, Christian nonprofit organizations are sitting at the table. Devise problems. How do we upskill? How do we upskill our young people? How do we upskill that age group that's 16 to 25, 16 to 30? How do we upskill them? How do we help them to be able to go out here and land a job or a career. And, and we're seeing people like you know, Byron Thomas in the Leadership Empowerment Center, yes. Pastor Ricky Floyd. We're seeing this, but you just don't hear the stories that much. You don't hear the stories, all right? You don't yeah. hear the stories. They didn't broadcast it. But I told the media, I said, uh, they was doing an interview, and they asked me, what did I think? They didn't put that part on. You can say it right yeah. now, and I will not be edited out. <laughs> <laughs> I told them, I said, the media has a big role to play in changing the narrative in our city all right you cannot continue to say all the negative things about our city and expect things to go positive all right you got to begin to share the positive and it's a lot of positive in this city that's going on every day more than the negative but it's not 
talked about. And so you have a platform. The media has a platform that can shape a narrative to the good or shape it to the bad. All right. That's an important role uh, for the media. And, and that's what Mid-South Viewpoint, this program here, is designed to do, to be a platform for your voice, James. Yes. Last week, we had Marquino Douglas, and he brought one of the youth who is now a freshman at UT Martin, Cameron Cobb. He's one of four boys. His brothers have been involved with gang activity, single-parent home. He didn't want to live a gang life. He had this opportunity. He was challenged through the Leadership Empowerment Center to take a different course. To for take us. a different course. Yeah. And that's what – And now, 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 what about if we just multiply that times 10 now, that is happening, all right? But when the people have gotten out, I'm excited, Barron, because I see the church now coming to multiply that, to take situations like that, to take stories like that, and realize there are some more young men or young women yes. out here that needs uh, a change. They need help and assistance, and we can come alongside them and give it to them. I love what the Hustman Institute is doing. I love what Charlie Caswell is doing. Aaron Campbell out at Rising Sun, uh, what he is doing, opening up his gym to young people and partnering with Family Matters. All of these churches are partnering. All right? yeah. Agape yeah. Yeah. is in uh, Frazier and uh, Hickory Hill in Whitehaven, and they are partnering with churches all right, to help bring forth healing into our community. The things that needs to be done, mentoring, two genes. That's another thing I love. No longer are we just focused on one generation. We realize that no, we got to focus no. on the mother, the father, and the child. All right, Everybody, we got to bring forth healing for everybody because if this house is healed, yes. if this house is made whole, then the projection will be farther uh, where they will go. The success will be awesome. James, I love what you're saying about partnership and how all of these groups we can't do this standing alone. It's coming together. Addressing the issue yes. is one. It's a difficult challenge, but we have a great God. We have a great God. And, it, and here's the deal. We have a great God who is working in the hearts of a lot of people. Yes. We don't know all the people That's on right. God's team, That's all right. right? That's right. God got so many people on his team. <laughs> and listen, when I started this thing, when I retired working with Memphis Christian Pastors Network, I didn't know about all the rest of the networks, all right, that God already had established. I didn't know about the Church Developers Network. Sometimes I think I'm working for all these networks, all right? <laughs> you got the Church Developers Network. You got uh, PCCNNA. Pentecostal Charismatic Churches of North America. You have CPOW, uh, Concerned Pastors of Whitehaven. You have the uh, Progressive Baptist Group. I mean, you got all these uh, networks. You got MICA. You got all these organizations All that God has helped to establish to work on behalf of men, to pull our churches from the, from behind the walls, all right, where we gather. You know, we gather in this place, but we scatter into the world. We scatter into the highways and the byways where we supposed to compel men, all right, to help change, you know, motivate men to yeah. see God, motivate men through love, through love, through compassion, through concern, what's going on in their lives right now to make healing come so that they could see yes. it and know it and change. Right. Uh, it is powerful, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, people just don't know all the good things yes. that the people of God, the church, is doing, all the organizations that are on the ground well, that's making a difference. How many churches now are connected with Memphis Christian Pastors Network? How many churches now are connected with you guys? We have about 70 churches, uh, and that's still mega 
to small churches, and there's overlapping. I've also found that many of the churches in the Memphis Christian Pastors Network is a part of the Church Developers Network, is a part of CPOW, Concerned Pastors of Whitehaven, Westwood, Walker Homes, is a part of the PCNNA. They overlap, all right, because these churches, these pastors know they need partnerships, yeah. right? They know they need partnerships. Yeah. You can't do this by yourself. I don't think God's going to let any of us work by ourselves, right. right? You know, How often do you meet? Because of COVID, we wasn't meeting very much. Right. We would meet online. Yeah. Uh, but when things were absolutely wonderful, we we was meeting once a month. Yeah. We had core groups. Uh, those core groups uh, meet once a month. Core groups, they were divided. Is a coalition of these churches, these 70 churches, under this umbrella of the Memphis Christian Pastors Network, what are your pastors saying or suggesting as possibilities addressing the crime issue? Here's the beauty of having 70 pastors, all right, uh, or 70 churches. There are some who are very, very good at praying and ministering to needs. Then there are some who are absolutely passionate about upskilling. There are some who are very, very passionate about getting engaged, building strong families. Uh, so within that circle, within that circle, these churches uh, find what they want to partner with or how they come together. Some are passionate about tutoring and mentoring. And so they are partnering in inner city with different churches to come down and mentor. All, right? all of this helps to uh, deal with the crime problem. All these things that they're doing help to reduce crime. Uh, we have uh, churches who are working on bringing financial literacy. Because if you get a good job, then we need to make sure you understand how to manage the money right. so that you can grow, your income can grow, and you can make the most of it. So that's the beauty, all right, that everybody's not focused on one thing. They find where they fit, and they can go there. Isn't that a picture of the body of Christ? Yes, that's exactly what Because if the whole body about. was an eyeball, it would be a freak, right? Yes. But because it's a body. Yes. All uniquely designed yes. for a purpose. Yes. Ultimately, to bring glory to the Father, and yes. to serve in Christ's name. Yes, wow, yes. this is beautiful. And that's 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 what you see, all yeah. right? And you have certain churches who send funds down. Look, I'm excited how Bearview Baptist, along with Brown Baptist, uh, is working on the 365-day prayer, 24 yeah, hours. Yeah, I wanted to talk about right? that. That's, that's, that's huge. And this right? is a great initiative. It's a great initiative, yeah. all right? And it don't come from us saying that we weren't praying. No. All right? We just weren't praying collectively yeah. as a body. We weren't praying as a unified Christian body, unified Jesus Christ body in the city of Memphis. Now we are praying as a unified body. What does this look like practically? How are the churches engaging the 365? You choose. You you, you choose uh, which hour you're going to pray. All right. My church prays Monday through Friday. 12 to 1.30. We Pentecostals, sometimes it goes to 2. All right, sometimes it goes on to 2 o'clock. But we're praying, all right, and we're praying for our government. We're praying for our leaders. We're praying for our crime. We're praying for our families. We're praying for the body of Christ to be even more unified. We're praying for vision to come forth, all right, and the, the boldness uh, to be obedient to what God is giving us. So that's huge. So you just plug in. You can go to that website, plug in what time your church wants to pray, and you just do it. It's awesome. Are you seeing any results from this already? From the prayer? 
Yes. Now, I'm this guy. I'll tell you, Barry. <laughs> see, they saw homicides went up. What I saw was all this collaboration. All us coming to the table saying, come, let us reason together. That's coming through prayer. I see people like Ricky Floyd and, you know, you go over here in Westwood, Melvin Watkins. But then you go over here to George Robinson over at Second Press. All right. And then you go all the way down to Germantown to Richard Reeves. All right. And you not Richard Reeves. Yeah. Richard Reeves is in Midtown. Yeah. He's downtown Uh, church. Will Jones is down in uh, Germantown. All right. All these pastors, all right, through prayer, coming together, sitting at the table saying, man, how are we going to deal with mentoring? What can we do? All right. What can you do? What can you do? Let's pull your work resources. this thing. Let's pull this thing together. Yeah. Hey, you know, how many men you got who want to mentor? Men coming from everywhere to mentor young men, mentor boys, having uh, sleepovers for uh, the young adult male, basketball, sleepover, and you talking real talk, next steps for manhood, how to be financially stable as a man. Yeah. Those things are powerful. That's coming through prayer because anytime you pray, you got to look for the response. All right, If you ask God, we pray because we know he hears us when we pray, yeah. and he will answer us. Okay, So you got to always be looking for the answer. And so the answers have been coming forward, man. It's just beautiful. James, I know there's those listening and saying, you know, this is so encouraging what you're saying that we don't hear about, that God's people are coming together. There is prayer initiatives. There's unity with uh, mentoring programs and all the things you're sharing. But people still don't feel safe in their homes. Or driving down 240 and think, is a bullet going to fly through my window and hit my wife or my children? Yes, I understand that. Believe it or not, I even feel that sometimes, all right? Lord, keep me safe. Yeah. I have a member in my church, Lisa. Lisa Lee is always saying, travel in mercy. Anytime we leave, travel in mercy. Yes, That's what she says. And I find myself, all of us, it has become a phrase for us to say, travel in mercy, as we go forward. But here's the deal. As we go forward, all these things tells us there's more work to do. Yeah. All right, there's more work for us to do. And so you have to figure out how God is leading you to get involved. It could be simply at the grocery store. The other day I'm at the grocery store. I looked at a lady, you know, she was checking out a grocery and I saw her older lady and I saw her trying to figure out her money, you know, and she didn't have enough. And she was about to put stuff back. And I said, ma'am, don't put that stuff back. You want that, right? You know, and she said, yeah. And she looked at me. I said, don't worry about it. Uh, just go and back her stuff up and go and check mine out. And I'll pay for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. All right. You know, and she looked at me and she was like, wow, are you going to really do that? I said, yeah, I'm going to really do that. All right. I'm going to make sure you do it. All right. But here's the deal. We have to begin to show kindness yes. and we have to begin to send messages of hope to our young people, even on our social media. Yes. We have to say, hey, you know, love ain't hard. You know, you hard. have to say, man, let's not kill anybody else. All right. Guns. All right. And I know people say guns uh, won't kill people kill. But no, listen, you got to say, well, to the people with the guns, all right, don't pull the trigger today. You got to say some things. You got to use your voice, your social media platform, your prayer time to begin to address these concerns, all right? I was reminded by the story of the Good Samaritan. Here was a traveler going, and he gets jumped by bandits. Ambushed. And ambushed. There he's left for dead. But there was somebody, the Good Samaritan. Several people just yes. passed by, didn't want to take their time. Didn't want to deal with it. But there was one person, the Good Samaritan, who 
helped him make sure he was bandaged, got him to a place for recovery, and told the innkeeper, I'll pay, and whatever's additional pay, I'll make it up to you when I come back this way. And that's the body of Christ. That's the body of Christ. You know, and it's strange you would say that after Martin Luther King's holiday because that's one of his great sermons. He preached on the Good Samaritan. Yes. We are the Good Samaritan. We're supposed to be the Good Samaritan. We have been given many opportunities to be Good Samaritans, to fulfill that scripture. And that's what Christ, he's telling that story because he wants everybody in the crowd to choose to be the Good Samaritan. That's powerful. I'm blessed, Baron, that I work with a lot of people who walking in the mindset in the heart of the Good Samaritan, trying to make it better for those who've been wounded, those who are hurting, those who have been left out, trying to make sure that they can be healed and hold, established so that they could go on their way, all right, and become better and to be able to take care of their families and be a great asset within society. That's huge. All that right? is huge. That is huge. James, hey, I love it. I love you, my friend. God bless you. James Kirkwood, thank you so much for sharing your heart as always. And I, I have to really say a special thank you. You bailed me out. I was praying about the show, and sometimes these shows are organized a week or two ahead of time. I texted you last night about 9.30, didn't hear back from you, texted you again this morning, and you said, I'm going to call you. You had plans this morning, but you rearranged your schedule to be here today because you're passionate and you believe in what we're talking about. Oh, I believe. Byron, listen, I thank you for calling. There's never been a time I've called you and you didn't say yes. So you're not going to call me and I say, no, I can't do that. You know? Well, thank you so much. If friends want more information about the Memphis Christian Pastors Network, how can they find out? You can uh, go to the website, memphiscpn.org, any of these church uh, networks, uh, okay. Church Developers Network, yeah. cdn.org, and just click on it and, hey, you can reach out to us. and Reach out in touch. Reach out in touch. <laughs> and uh, it's plenty of work to be done. It's not over with. But I'm happy yes. because I see light. Yes. At the end, as my Amen. mom used to sing a song, Amen. there's a brighter day ahead. You know, on up the road, I can see light in the distance. And so we're moving in the right Amen. direction. Uh, the people of God in this city coming together, unifying. Yes. We are finally moving in the right direction. Amen. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Byron Tyler, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. There is a brighter day ahead has said if by him we will be led there's a brighter day ahead there is a brighter day ahead in God's word we read if we trust him, he said.